My Car Guru, episode 231. Hello, folks. This is not Lanny Larson, as the customer in the showroom mentioned this morning. Are you Lanny Larson? I said, no. You're in the right ballpark. I'm Lenny Lawson. Oh, yeah. I listen to you on the radio. And uh, we just bought a car from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Why are you back in here? Well, we're here to get our accessories because Ford was supposed to send certain things with the vehicle, and they didn't come with the vehicle. Like what? Well, she said accessories, but she meant the Ford emblem that goes on the front of the grill. Isn't that something? Yeah, Ford actually ran short of emblems. Also, she was missing the ones on the side that say like XLT or Lariat or something like that. So she was missing that as well. And she had come back to get them. We actually have a room that has, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 boxes in it of things that, that like are shipped to the dealership uh, that are not you know sold when the car is sold. They come later. I don't know why they do it that way. I guess so stuff doesn't end up missing altogether. But now we have a hard time getting customers to come back to get their stuff. You know, like a bike rack, a luggage rack, uh, rain shields. We had a set, couple sets of rain shields for the Ford Maverick. You know, those uh, little things that go across the top of the window. I don't like those. I think they ruin, they ruin the lines of the vehicle. And who are they for anyway? I mean, who rides around with their windows just cracked a little bit? I guess maybe smokers do. So maybe that's a rain guard. Are they called rain shields or rain guards? Whatever they're called, the guru does not recommend them, but a lot of people do it. I'm looking out on the parking lot out my office window right now, and I see, one. well, there's just two of them out there that have rain shields on them. So maybe it's not as popular as I think it is, but a lot of people do that. But for goodness sake, if the dealership owes you something, Go back and get it. You know, one of the ways that you make sure that they don't forget is to get something called an IOU. Some dealerships call them WEO. And make sure you get one of those when you buy a car and you didn't get what you were supposed to get, whether it's an accessory that goes on the vehicle or, I don't know, maybe they promised you some free oil changes or they promised you uh, a full tank of gas on the second fill-up or a year's worth of gas. You know, there's all kinds of of promotions being thrown out there right now. You know, buy a car, get a TV. You know, buy a car, get a free cruise. Just make sure you get that in writing. You know, a lot of customers just forget about the extra that that brought them in. Maybe that didn't bring you in. I mean, would you go to a dealership buy a car because they're giving away a, a free flat screen TV? You realize it could actually be very, very small, and those you can buy one of those for about seventy five bucks now. Well, maybe not that cheap. Maybe on Black Friday you could. But yeah, you got to hold people accountable when they owe you stuff. Um, ha- you know, they could put it on a card. And one of the big things right now are rewards cards at car dealers. Uh, that's been around for a long time, but now car dealers are doing it. And they'll give you a card or they'll give you an app that you can download on your phone and you can earn points on those. And if they owe you something, they can actually put it on that and give you credit for it so that when you need to pay for it, when you come in to pick it up, then you've got it on your car, on your phone, and you can just uh, redeem it and get what you are owed. So anyway, what's on the agenda today? Well, I'm going back in time just a little bit. We're in a big transition period right now, and there's a lot of technology being thrown at us. Um, inflation is a big problem. Car prices are going up. Used car values are going down. 
but I think that's a temporary condition. I think that the used car values are going to really start going up again after the first of the year because of the scarcity of used cars. And CarMax and uh, the rental car companies are buying up just about everything at the auction and not leaving much for dealers to be able to buy and bring back home and sell on their lots. So I don't think you have much to worry about as far as your used car value. And new car prices are going to fall uh, as the availability goes up. So that's good for you. But we are in a big transition. You know, this all this electric vehicle stuff and self-driving and um, all the pandemic issues that it created with the chip shortage. I mean, it, it's it's been too much. We've navigated it uh, as a society. We ha- have done so as car dealers and uh, auto manufacturers. And it's changed things forever as far as the way cars are sold. I truly believe that. But, you know, it's funny how when you look back in time and you think about uh, when the car first became usable in this country, uh, it, the technology of the automobile existed in the 19th century, but it took Henry Ford uh, to make a useful gadget out of it. Ford used the idea of the assembly line for the automobile manufacturing. Uh, he paid his workers an unprecedented $5 a day. Wow. But you know when the average worker was making $2 a day? $5 was a pretty big bump, and he did that for several reasons. One, so that he could attract a a very um, stable and growing workforce, which he needed. But he also did it so that his employees could afford to buy the cars that they were making. Brilliant move. Um, One of the ways he did that was to reduce options, even stating that the public could choose whatever color they wanted, as long as it was black. Uh, The Model T sold for about $490 in 1914 about one quarter of the cost of the previous decade, and by 1920, there were over 8 million registrations. The 20s saw tremendous growth in automobile ownership with the number of registered drivers almost tripling to 23 million by the end of the decade. So, you know, at the beginning of the industry, uh, there was a lot of change. There was It created so many opportunities for new types of spinoffs, just like the electric vehicle will. Um, You know, you think about some of the industries that grew because of the automobile industry, because it got things going, and one was rubber. You know, they needed tires, road construction. The cars needed roads. The cars also needed gas stations. Uh, They also needed hotels or motels. They had hotels in the cities, but there were no, there's no place to stay, you know. And you know what another thing that the automobile created that didn't really exist back in the, uh, at the turn of the century? vacations. People didn't take vacations. I mean, maybe they did if they lived in New York City and they wanted to go to the shore, you know, go to the beach and stuff like that. But as far as people living in rural America, you know, where we live or where I live, uh, people didn't go on vacations. There was no way to get there, you know, unless you were wealthy and then you might be able to take a carriage ride someplace. But the automobile made all of that possible. I mean, people didn't just you know, all of a sudden one day said, let's go to Myrtle Beach for the weekend. I mean, that, that's something that they, they didn't even consider. They didn't think about it. There were no roadside restaurants. You know, if you got to a small town, yes. But I remember one of the favorite restaurants that my parents liked was Howard Johnson's. You remember those? They had the best clams. My parents said, let's go to Howard Johnson's and get some clams. Well, I didn't like clams when I was young, so I wanted their Frankfurters. That was my favorite thing. They're really good French fries, too. But yeah, another thing was suburbs. 
You know, people either farmed or they lived in the city. And so the automobile made the suburbs possible. Uh, And then when you needed suburbs, people didn't want to go all the way to the city to shop, so they created shopping centers and then malls and so forth. See? See what the automobile did? It deserves more credit than it gets. But it's just one of those other things now that we take for granted. The automobile is no longer a luxury. It's considered a utensil or an appliance for many people. It never will be that to me because I love the the artistic side of car design. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of noisy cars, you know, where you can hear the engine. The electric car doesn't do it for me from that standpoint. I like the idea of all those gears turning and pistons going up and down. There's a lot of stuff going on underneath that hood, and I like it. What I don't like is that, you know, reliability issues sometimes. I mean, but still, even today, if you buy just about any modern car, unless it's a Hyundai, the the engine will last for a couple hundred thousand miles. And now that wasn't totally fair to Hyundai. But they are having a lot of problems with engines going out. So, But they'll f- figure that mess out. You know, another thing that the automobile really changed, what we eat. Just think about the fast foods that we eat now. Hamburgers, french fries, milkshakes, apple pies. You know, the not a full apple pie, but you know, the ones you can buy at McDonald's. They were hallmarks now of the new roadside diner, which morphed into a whole bunch of different brands. It's hard to believe that we wouldn't have fast food restaurants without the car. No drive throughs No drive-in movies. And where did the teenagers go to make out back in the days of horses and carriages and so forth? I'll take a short break while you think about that one. Okay, I am back. Oh, if my parents only knew. You know, I pretty much kept them in the dark. At least that's what I thought. They knew, didn't they? Or at least they suppose. Maybe they were just in denial. You know, they'd say, where are you going tonight? Oh, we'll probably go to a movie. You know, maybe go see Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Or the Godfather. You know, something current. And they, they would say, oh, okay, well, that sounds like fun. We were really going parking. You know, that's just the truth. And they probably realized it. Uh, They just prayed for the best. You know, and they weren't able to track us like we can track our kids now. They weren't able to call us on the cell phone, check on us. They just had to trust. I was talking to some people at at my rehab facility. Well, I'm having physical therapy. Probably shouldn't say rehab. But at the physical therapy department. And uh, we were talking about the cell phone. And how people are so would be so lost without it now, right? I mean, uh, the cell phone and the car, two most important things that most people own, their, their mobility and their ability to communicate. I confess that if my daughters, you know, if I don't respond to a text within like 30 seconds, um, it's like DEFCON 4. Why is he not answering the phone? Why is he not text us back? Maybe something has happened. They could have never survived the, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, could they? We didn't need no cell phones. We were just fine, and, and we didn't even need a push-button phone. The dial worked just perfectly at the time. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to have to get off my soapbox. I, I, I get this nostalgic bent every now and then. If you've listened to this show very often, you, you acknowledge or you can 
sense it. You know when it's coming. Uh-oh, Lenny's getting nostalgic on us. He's talking about the past, but that's okay. It brings me comfort. I hope it brings you some memories. Well, let's transition to something that may be beneficial. If you are thinking about selling your car and you have a payoff on it, in other words, you owe money on your car, you're still making monthly payments, but you want to sell it. Let's say that you might have some equity and you're not sure, and but you you believe you do. Well, one thing that you should do is, is get some bids on your car. Go to a car dealership near you and see what they pay you for it. You might be surprised how much it is. But it would be wiser to do a little research. Maybe you call me, uh, 423-552-2020. Send me your uh, VIN number and your miles and so forth, and I'll tell you what your car is worth, about what you should be able to get, get for it. Uh, but you may have some equity there that you could free up and pay for, I don't know, Christmas, or you could pay for a cruise, you know, maybe in January or February. That sounds like fun. Let's say you just don't need that car and you want to sell it, but you do have a payoff. How do you handle that? Well, you go to the uh, dealership. If you're, Let's say you're selling it to me, and I'm a dealer. I did this uh, yesterday. Guy came in, and he had a payoff of, let's see, what was it? I don't remember, about $12,000 on a $24,000 vehicle. So he had $12,000 in equity, approximately. So the dealership is going to want to have that title in their hand uh, before they pay you all the money. So what the, what'll happen is the dealership will write, find out what the payoff is. They'll write a check to the lender and the lender will get that check. Now, sometimes lenders will hold checks for 10 days. I don't know. I guess they just want to make sure that they clear. Then they'll send the title out either to you or to the dealer who paid it off. If it comes to you, then you just take that title down to the dealership and they'll pay you the difference. Again, something else that you should probably get in writing. If, if somebody makes you an offer on a car, just get them to you know, say, I, I promise to give $24,000 for this particular car. It's not a bad way to do it if you don't know the people. If you know them and trust them, then it's, it's probably a non-issue. But you probably won't get your equity out of the vehicle, you know, what you, uh, the profit, well, it wouldn't be profit. It's just the difference between what you owe and what the car is worth. Your share of the 12000 you won't get it until you actually turn the car over with the title. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, I have actually had people come in to sell a car that they never registered. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, they've never paid sales tax on the car. You know, if they've got the original... A certificate of origin, which is a new car title, or they've got a title, it's just been reassigned to them by the seller, and they've never taken it and paid taxes on it, then somebody's going to have to pay taxes. Now, if the title is ju has just been signed over, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but if the title has just been signed over to, let's say that some the owner of the car has signed the title where it says seller's, seller's signature, but none of the buyer's information has been filled out yet, then theoretically, um, you could just skip the owner that's trying to sell it to you and just write your name as the buyer. Now, does the state of, well, I'm in Tennessee, you know, would the state want you to do that? No. So it's, it's better to do it the legal way. So that person would have to, fill the rest of the title in, go down there, register it, pay the sales tax, and then turn around and bring it to you and then reassign the title to you. 
So it's, um, but, you know, people try to bypass, you know, they change their mind. They bought a car, they drive it back, say, you know, we really don't need this car. And if the title is not completed, then then they don't have to, uh, they think they don't. They can just pass it on to somebody else. If the title's completed, they try to pass it on to you. That's not going to work. You've got to have, they've got to pay sales tax first. Now, some states don't have, um, well, I guess all states probably have some kind of a sales tax on a car. I've never seen one that didn't. Some states have a cap. Tennessee doesn't. Tennessee is, uh, I think, seven and a half percent, and then two. What is it? Two and a half percent of the first twenty-two hundred dollars. So, figure that one. But you would be in for a rude awakening if you took a title from a car that's already been assigned to somebody and they didn't pay sales tax. Uh, that could be a, a problem for you. Now, what if that title has been filled out incorrectly? There's a mistake. Can you just mark through or use a little white out? No, you cannot. Um, you have to fill out something, go to the courthouse or go to a dealer and fill out something called an affidavit of correction. And uh, then that it explains what the, uh, the issue was with the title. Do not mark through a name or use white out because then a new title will have to be issued and somebody's going to have to pay for that. And that could be a problem, especially if there was a lien holder. You know, if you um, have to get a new title for a vehicle and you've already paid that vehicle off and the, the lien has been released, and then you lose it. You lose the title. You go back down to the courthouse, say, I need a new title for my car. It will be sent to the lender first unless you have a, a certified lien release form. Most people don't carry those around. So it, it'll go back to the lender, and then you'll have to get it from them. That is a, a dilemma, a nightmare. I would try to get a lien release first from the lender, something in writing, and then go to the courthouse and try to get a new title. And then the title will come straight to you. So, you know, a lot of people get into these little titling issues. I, I stand at the courthouse sometimes, and uh, I'm standing in line to get some tags, and I'll just hear some of these stories that people say, you know, when they're trying to get tags. And and then they get, oh, you messed up on this one. You're going to have to go get the previous owner to sign this again. Well, he's dead. Well, you're going to have to get the uh, the court to take care of it. Oh, it's just, it can get real complicated. So if you have any questions about title transfers, any kind of issues like that, you can call me about that as well. Uh, we know the laws in a lot of states, not every state, but we know how to find out. We know who to call. Um, I'll use my staff, namely my daughter, to find that out because she's a titling maniac. She knows it all. So uh, you can call me, 423-552-2020. You know, if you buy a car in Virginia or North Carolina and you registered, you're going to register that car in Tennessee, you pay Tennessee sales tax, not North Carolina. The only way you get to pay North Carolina or Virginia sales taxes is if you live in North Carolina or Virginia. So some people, I've seen people try to do that, take it and register it in a state that they don't live in. Won't work. Sorry. And one other thing that came up this week, just in the course of business, we had a customer that wanted to, um, they had a lease car. The, the current vehicle was leased. The lease is about to expire. And they want to trade it in on a new car, but they want to buy the other car. Can you use, can you get trade-in credit on a car that is leased on a car that you're getting ready to buy? No, you cannot. Uh, 
you know, the main reason is you don't own the lease car. The lease company owns it. So if you want to do a trade from a lease to a purchase, then you have to buy the car for the residual value at the lease company, pay sales tax on it, and then you can trade it on something else. So it really doesn't do you any good. You might as well just turn the lease car in and just buy your new car because you're going to be paying sales tax on the full amount anyway. Now, there are some dealers, and they're shady characters. They will, they think that they can fool the state. The state will do an audit on new car dealers about every three years, and they hope they don't get caught, and they let customers uh, use a lease vehicle as a trade-in. But if they do, you know, you could be liable. Um, you don't want to mess with the state when it comes to sales tax. They, they're very possessive of those sales tax dollars, and they don't like cheats. They don't like um, car dealers to cheat, and they don't like consumers to try to beat the sales tax either. They'll get you, and then they'll pay penalty. You'll also end up paying penalties and maybe go to jail. Not a good place to celebrate Christmas and the New Year. So let's just do things right. Let's appreciate where we are in this uh, world of technology. And, and uh, I guess we just learned to live with the cell phones and you know, seeing these families of four going out to eat at a restaurant. And they're over there, and not a single one of them is talking to each other. They're just all looking at their cell phones. That's one of the reasons that my wife will not let me take my cell phone into a restaurant. And she is 100% right, because we're not there to look at our cell phones. We can do that all the time. We're there to eat and socialize and share the love. So let's share the love, folks. Thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you next time.